don't die with the music still in you. And I think that's really been a powerful thing for me because it helped me realize that getting it out is more important than having it be perfect. And that's really what's driven me to write on the website and put out the books and do all of that and get up in front of people and talk. It's not so much that it has to go perfectly because it won't, but I can't just sit back and hope one day or someday things change and I could do it then. And that's kind of always pushed me to just, hey, just get it out there. Even if it's not very good, even if you get made fun of a little bit, it is what it is. It's better to get it out there than to hold it in. Welcome to the Daily Authors Podcast, a daily podcast all about books and the authors who gave them life. Each episode, your host interviews a new brilliant author as they reveal inside information about their incredible books and inspiring lives. Now, here's your host, Aaron Gendel. Hey, Aaron Gendel here. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Daily Authors Podcast. It means so, so much to me. And maybe you've been thinking about writing a book of your own. And if so, do not wait. The world is hurting and needs your help. It needs your book. I would love to help you on your journey to write your book. So simply email me at Aaron at dailyauthors.com and I'd love to hear about your book idea. Now enjoy the show. All right. Thank you so much, Scott, for joining me on the Daily Authors Podcast. So excited today to talk to you about your book, You Can't Surf from the Shore, The Systems and Habits Approach to Improvement. Thanks so much again, Scott, for joining me. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, Scott, before we jump into your book, if you don't mind, would you just tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and your work and what you've got going on right now? Yeah, certainly. So uh, my name is Scott Miker, and I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. And I have a lovely wife, two young girls, so they keep me pretty busy. But uh, I also direct the operations of a, a company that uh, fixes home medical equipment. So do that kind of during the day, do a lot of writing and stuff, have the website, and you know, just try to share a lot of information about systems and how to use systems and habits to, to improve and get better. Awesome. Well, that leads us into your book. Scott, it sounds like you've tied that into your work there. Would you mind just giving us the high-level view? Just what really inspired you to start writing and, and write this book specifically? Yeah, certainly. So uh, it, it came down to, you know, uh, something happened to me and kind of motivated me and ch- kind of changed my life a little bit. And it was one of those things where I like to talk about it and kind of inspire people you know, during speeches and things like that. I was actually teaching at the time at a community college in Cleveland. So a lot of the students there, they're really, they don't have a lot of motivation behind them. There's not a lot of people that are inspiring them and really full of positive things that, hey, you could go out and do this, you could be better, but you have to actually go do it. You know, they, the message seemed to kind of be more uh, negative with a lot of those folks. And so I really got to the point where I was trying to motivate them during class and, and said, you know, after class is up, what then, you know? And so I actually wrote the book to hand out to students at the end of the year as sort of a takeaway. Hey, keep working hard, keep doing things. You know, good things can happen to you as long as you're willing to actually do the work. Amazing. Wow. Very inspiring. I know we were talking right before we got on the podcast about your title. Would you mind, like I said, I'm a a surfer at heart and uh, get out there as much as I can. What inspired you to name your book, uh, You Can't Surf from the Shore? Yeah, absolutely. So it actually came about because a strange thing happened to me when I was growing up. I was pretty adventurous. And, you know, I started to in my 20s, we'd go down to, you know, South Carolina or North Carolina, go to the beach all the time, you know, in the summers, and we go down there with some friends. And I started to actually develop a phobia of the water. 
And oh, it was wow. the strangest thing. I, I have no idea where it came from. <laughs> and, uh, you know, first couple times down there, I just kind of avoided the ocean. You know, even though I was in there when I was a kid all the time, you know, whenever we'd go on vacation. But I started to have this weird fear. Uh, and at the same time, I was listening to a lot of music that was from, you know, kind of the surf culture. So yeah. I had this kind of desire, this, you know, really passionate reason. I wanted to get out there and I wanted to try surfing. Thought it'd be really cool. Just wanted to experience it once in my life. And so it really all came about because I was on vacation and uh, my cousin's husband was from California. And so he was a big surfer and he knew all about you know, what to do, where to get the surfboards from and all that. So we said, all right, yeah, I'll do it. And before I could even think about it, I said, yes, I would go out there with them. And then it started to dawn on me what I committed myself to. And yeah. so the natural kind of thing, when you are passionate about something, you finally have that opportunity. And yet there's this fear kind of pulling you back. I started to get really freaked out. <laughs> and I remember being there and we're like waxing up the boards and, you know, getting ready to go out there. And in my mind, all I'm thinking about is what excuse I'm going to come up with so I don't have to do this. And at the same time, I'm thinking, but I really want to do this. And it was kind of this conflict going on in my mind. And it was the strangest thing because he finally grabbed the board. He said, all right, you ready? I said, yeah, let's go. And he ran off and jumped in the water. And I said, oh, this is it. So started <laughs> running. I hit the water. And the first thing I realized is that surfing is a lot harder than it looks. You know, I jumped on the board and I'm trying to paddle and I'm falling off. And But what I realized is once I committed to that and once I actually dove in, the fear started to go away. And I realized that the fear wasn't real. It was attached to something. Yeah, there's certainly risk in doing that. But the fear was something that built up in my mind and became this insurmountable obstacle that once I got over that, then I could actually go out there and enjoy it and that sort of thing. So uh, certainly I'm not going to be a professional surfer or anything like that. I think that was the, the sole time I surfed. But being out there, it actually was what I expected and what I hoped from it. It felt yeah. really great. But then what I kind of came with even more so was this experience of overcoming this self-imposed fear and doing something that I all, always wanted to do and just felt great and kind of led me to a lot of this improvement mindset systems, that kind of thing. Wow. Very inspiring, man. I love the title of your book. It's really cool. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a great title. Well, let's talk about your subtitle a little bit more, your systems, your habits, and I'd love to just uh, pick your brain on what practical advice you could give the listeners and what's really helped you to develop maybe these systems and habits to improve your life? Yeah. You know, it was back in um, early 2000s. I decided I wanted to start a business and I was uh, always into music, always into, you know, microphones and audio and everything. So went to school for a little bit for audio engineering and came away with that with the understanding that if you want to be in that industry, unless you're doing live sound, you pretty much have to start your own kind of business. And so I did and started doing that and read an article on entrepreneur.com actually. And it talked about, well, what makes successful businesses successful versus ones that ultimately fail? And the premise of the whole article was basically that successful businesses look at systems and they have systems running the business. And it's not so much about one-time effort or a lucky break. It's, it's really about putting together the right systems and processes and procedures for the business to be successful. And so as a business owner, I started to take that and use it in my business. And first thing I did was realize I didn't have a sales process at all. <laughs> and so I started to look at it systematically. And once I did that, the whole world kind of opened up and suddenly I was 
you know, making the sale or not. And I could go back to the process I was using and fix something in the process or adjust the process. Yeah. And so this was way before I knew anything about AB testing or continuous improvement or any of that kind of stuff. But really that's kind of what I was doing there. And so I started to, to do that for a while. And then it just kind of dawned on me that you could actually do that in your own personal life. But instead of processes and procedures and things like that, you're talking about habits and routines, you know, behaviors, your, your mental models, things like that, that ultimately translate. And if you want to improve, you could take the same approach and kind of look at small adjustments and small tweaks and then measure what you're doing and move forward that way really is that sort of, you know, plan it out, try it out, measure it. And if it's better, standardize that and move on and keep doing it, you know, over and over again. So just kind of taking that approach and trying to apply it to more of a personal improvement mindset versus just strictly business. Yeah. Incredible, man. That's awesome. Love how you made that switch over to your own self, your own life and others lives as well. Like your students. I wondered if there were like any, nuggets of gold that you might share like if there was one thing that the reader could get from and the listener could get today from your book what would you say that would be i would say the biggest thing on you can't surf from the shore is the the first step you know a lot goes into once you're kind of in it and you know once someone starts a business and you're working it there's a lot of great things there that that can help you improve but more so i think people get stuck before the first step and they, they want to turn it into this big thing and they want it to be, I do it once and suddenly I'm a success. And they don't think about the long journey. They don't think about having to do it over and over again. And so that first step, if you break it down, instead of having it be this perfect giant leap, make it into something incredibly small, but then do it consistently. You could get started and kind of feel your way through. And as things come up and change, you could adjust and you could kind of keep growing from that. It almost follows sort of that agile software development mindset yeah. where it's like, hey, two week increments and then we're going to stop and we're going to evaluate and then we're going to do another two weeks. And we're not going to worry as much about step 15. We're going to worry about step one. We're going to work there. And so I think the biggest thing that, that I'm trying to do with the book is help people take that first step, you know, yeah. break it down instead of trying to be perfect, worry about progress, make progress, you know, don't, don't worry about trying to be perfect right out of the gate. Yeah, I love that message. Yeah, sometimes that bigger goal or whatever we're trying to achieve becomes this such a big thing in our mind and it kind of stops us from even starting. So love that. All right. Well, um, just wanted to talk a little bit more about your influences, Scott. And, you know, always curious to know, since there are relatively, there are a few, you know, not as many authors in the world as there should be, I believe. I always wonder who has influenced someone to publish a book and become an author. So could you speak a little bit more about who's influenced you the most in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I would say from a, just an influence of, you know, self-improvement and that kind of thing, it's probably more so my family, really. You know, my parents, they, they kind of sacrificed a lot for us growing up. And I always took it for granted and just sort of grew up with the, the typical, I guess, mindset when things are there and you have some opportunities, but you kind of take them for granted and that kind of thing. And I kind of learned from that over the years that, oh, maybe I shouldn't just take this for granted because... You know, there's people working hard to provide this and that sort of thing. Uh, then I actually have two brothers that are, are really successful. So it's great to see them. They're very humble and they keep working and, and they just keep doing it no matter what. So I think from a, a personal improvement standpoint, it's probably my family. But wow. uh, from a writing standpoint, I'd say that is probably, I'd love to read. So, you know, some of the great authors, Peter Senji and, and some of his work around systems, even like, uh, you know, 
Wayne Dyer, he's been a big one for me. Some of his stuff has really influenced me to, you know, kind of ease up a little bit, not try to control everything so much and let things flow a little bit more. So I'd say there's just a lot of great authors out there. There's a new one, actually, I'm, I'm reading now, and I heard about him years ago, but James Clear, he, he does some really great stuff around habits. I think his book is Atomic Habits. Yeah. Really good book, if anybody's interested in this sort of thing. He, he really lays it out in a really great way. Um, but then there's a book grit I just read that was really good. That was kind of talking about how people think of grit and they think of the moment and having to be tough in the moment, but it's really more of a stretched out longevity thing, you know, keep going, keep, you know, yeah. being persistent and resilient and that kind of thing. So I'd say a lot of the, the authors that I read really kind of influenced me there. And that's really what prompted me to say, Hey, I want to take in a lot of this information and put maybe my own spin on it and get it out there. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you've got some really cool family around you, man. <laughs> I don't think everybody has that. So that's pretty awesome. And I think all of us can take away that. And there's so many great mentors out there in books that can really teach us a lot and um, like yours, right? So yeah. appreciate you sharing it with us today. Yeah, certainly. All right. Well, let's wanted to talk real quick about failure. And I know I learned a lot from those in my own life, is there any particular failure you don't wouldn't mind sharing with the listeners today and what you might've learned from it? Absolutely. I have a really funny one that I'll share. Awesome. I have many of them, but this one is probably the funniest that I can. <laughs> so when I was in college, I went to a college in, in Kent, Ohio, Kent State University, and was sort of, I guess, a typical college kid in a lot of ways, but didn't really have any motivation to better myself, even though I was in this environment where it was all around me. And so I kind of took a lot for granted and, you know, was being a college kid, eating junk food like crazy, drinking, you know, that kind of thing. And so I, I don't remember where I saw it. I think it was a commercial or something. There was this thing. It was like a ab shocker and you wear it around your stomach and it shocks you and <laughs> your muscles tight, tighten up like that. And and so I see this and instantly my, you know, mindset at the time was so focused on shortcuts and not putting in the effort and all that. And I see this thing and instantly think, I'm going to buy this and have a six pack in a week, you know, one of those kind of deals. So I, I bought it and there I am sitting on the couch in the dorm or wherever and I'm watching TV, chowing down on pizza and Cheetos, you know, and uh, drinking beer probably. And my buddies are just laughing at me, just hysterically think this is the funniest thing because I'm, you know, getting all shocked every two seconds. And I kept telling them, no, no, you don't understand. This is great. I think Chuck Norris or someone was on the commercial. So, of course, it had to work kind of thing. And, and there I am kind of doing this for a little bit. And it just took me a short time to realize that this all by itself is absolutely not going to do anything. You know, there's a lot of things that are contributing to my poor health and this alone isn't going to be the magic solution that fixes it. So I eventually put that down, had my friends all tease me for a while about it, but it kind of taught me a lesson that instead of constantly looking for shortcuts, constantly looking for the easy way out, that sometimes you just have to buckle down and actually do the work. And that's really what, you know, I've learned is, okay, how do you do that work? A lot of people talk about that. A lot of people say, yeah, be resilient, be tough, all that. But how do you do that? And that's the systems and habits approach in my mind is that's how you do it. It breaks things down and says, you know, set a minimum, do a minimum every day. And at the same time, and that'll start to build a habit versus I'm going to work out for four hours today. You know, I'm going to do 10 minutes on the bike. And that's ultimately how I ended up starting to exercise and finally lost the weight is, is looking at it in that respect. I did 10 minutes on an exercise bike every morning, no matter what. And 
it doesn't sound like a lot. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't, you know, instantly changing everything. But what that did is I turned that into a habit to where after a while, six months, eight months, it was so automatic. I didn't even think about it. And then I could add more. So 10 minutes, I could do 20 minutes and 30 minutes. I could add some, you know, push-ups or pull-ups or whatever I wanted to do. And that's ultimately how I kind of changed around everything is that kind of real slow mentality of one step at a time. I'm going to focus on this small thing and just do it consistently. And then over time, hopefully that translates into something bigger and, and ultimately it did for me. So, but yeah, that was definitely a, a, failure. <laughs> That's a good one. 100%. Absolutely. I don't think uh, I could call it anything other than that, but I'd like to think I at least learned something from it. <laughs> Heck yeah. That was a great story. Thank you for sharing it. And for, yeah, just that encouragement of, of taking a step, taking that first step again. I think it's, yeah, it's something we all need to remind ourselves of getting those habits. So thank you. Uh, I wanted to touch on a quote and wondered if there was something that inspired you often, Scott, that you might want to share with us. I love quotes. So I have them all over and constantly looking up quotes when I'm, you know, not having a great day to try to inspire me. But I think my favorite and the one I go back to as, as much as I can is from Wayne Dyer and it's don't die with the music still in you. And I think that's really been a powerful thing for me because it helped me realize that getting it out is more important than having it be perfect. And that's really what's driven me to, you know, write on the website and put out the books and do all of that and get up in front of people and talk. It's not so much that it has to go perfectly because it won't, but I can't just sit back and hope one day or someday things change and I can do it then. And that's kind of always pushed me to just, Hey, just get it out there. Even if it's not very good, even if you get made fun of a little bit, it is what it is. Uh, it's better to get it out there than to hold it in. Love that quote. Thank you for sharing it, Scott. All right, well, let's dive a bit into the book writing process, if you don't mind. And uh, lately, I've been asking authors because I feel like we all experience it through the process. But maybe you could share your experience about fear and doubt. And I, I wondered if that was part of your experience and journey of writing and publishing your book? And if so, what did you do to help overcome it? Yeah, certainly. So I think initially I didn't have as much fear and doubt as I should have. I was pretty naive to the whole thing, to be completely honest. I said I was going to do this and just start writing and had a couple things go right in my life right around that time. So I was pretty confident. And I think initially it, it kind of came out pretty easily. And then I started to hit the doubt and okay, what am I doing here? This doesn't make sense. (laughs) Throw this out, redo this, you know, that kind of mindset. And a lot of it just came from overthinking it really and wanting it to be so perfect and realizing that it wasn't. And it wasn't until I finally, again, stepped back and said, Hey, perfection's not happening here. I'm not a professional writer. I'm not someone who spent years as a journalist and already have these skills fine-tuned. So I'm just going to put it out there as best I can. And it is what it is at that point. And so I think now, you know, especially writing on the website, I write, you know, four times a a week. So there's a bunch of different articles hitting and I'm trying to keep a certain pace. So whenever I kind of get stuck and get blocked and and that doubt comes in and that sort of thing, my biggest thing is, is to start. You know, just to start typing, put paper to pen, pen to paper and get moving because first drafts never good. And from that, though, hopefully something a little bit better comes and a little bit better. And ultimately, I could put something out that I feel good about, even though the process through that and all the, the doubt that sinks in and all that kind of hits hard at different points. Awesome. Very encouraging. Yeah, just to keep moving forward. Love it. 
All right. Or are there any other tips or tricks that maybe helped you along the way to write your book? Something that you could share with the listeners if they were at that point in stage where they were just about starting or getting started with writing a book? Yeah, I'd say be willing to get help. I think um, that was something that, that for me, I tried to do too much of it on my own. And now looking back on it and how I, my process now is a little bit different where I'm not afraid to kind of ask for help. You know, there's things I don't know. There's things I'm not good at. And there's people out there that are really good at them. So it's surprising once you start asking for help, how many people are actually willing to jump in and, and give a hand here or give you some advice there. But don't be afraid of that. Don't kind of buckle down and try to do everything yourself. Be willing and open to go to other people and find help when you need it. Awesome. Well, Scott, I wondered what has been the best part of writing a book for you now that you've got it out there and others are reading it and you're speaking about it and all that. What's been the best part about publishing a book? It's got to be the feedback. Uh, I think it's great. It's not always positive. So, you know, not all of it's great, certainly. But when, when someone tells you, hey, I read this and it actually inspired me and helped me make some changes in my life, that's means the world to me because that's ultimately why I did it is, hey, if I could just help a couple of my students see that there's a, a better way if they just apply themselves and work hard, you know, then, then they could finally accomplish some of their goals and dreams and aspirations and that sort of thing. So anytime I hear positive feedback from somebody, whether it's, hey, I read an article and I really liked it or, you know, really helped me, that's to me the biggest, biggest factor. Yeah, love it. Well, Scott, I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. So if there's anything at all you'd like to share, or if there was a question you would ask yourself if you were in my shoes, what would that be? I think you did a great job. I can tell you do this a lot. I looked on the website and, and listened to a few, and I think you do a great job. Also, it sounds like you have a pretty inspiring story yourself. Oh, thank you, Scott. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more maybe from you. I, I don't know if you usually share these kind of things on your, <laughs> your podcast, but I'm sure the reader or the listeners would, would love it too. Maybe you could give us a little tidbit. Yeah, well, I think lately it, it's just been inspiring to speak to other authors like yourself who have really just been inspiring me on a daily basis. I feel like I'm getting one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions and uh, just hearing everybody's stories. But yeah, of course, my journey started with writing a book. And I guess before that, I, I fell, you know, sick and uh, autoimmune disease and really just had to reevaluate my life. And I think uh, it really started from that point. And it kind of started kick mark, start both my self-development journey as well as my, you know, journey to heal myself physically. And so, you know, that was over five years ago. And, you know, ever since then, I feel like I've been making progress year over year. I, you know, I was able to publish, you know, my book and uh, got a bunch more in the works. Um, plan on using a lot of the content from these type of podcasts to tell other people and share the stories in sort of a different way in, in another book, you know, and give the people, give the readers more of the really those nuggets of, of information that, you know, you're sharing with me today, Scott, and just see if I can uh, really, my mission is to help others become their best selves to make the world better. And for, you know, myself to do the same, to become my best self. And, you know, I think a lot of times uh, with writing my book, the mission has been to help others write a book because I just believe it's a, just a huge way to leave a legacy in, in your life. I know when I first wrote my book, Conquest, it was like thinking 
solely about my kids. I was like, maybe my kids one day will read this and if they get stuck or they get in a spot and they like, Hey, what did my dad have to say about that? You know? So that was kind of, you know, just documenting my journey to heal myself and to grow as a person. So that's what's been fun about it all. And it's led me here to talk to you today and uh, a lot of amazing people. So pretty cool. That's great. That's great. And so it sounds like you're, I was reading some stuff too. It sounds like your wife was pretty uh, inspirational to you as well. It sounds like, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Well, she, I I think just got me started understanding and just reading and and listening to self-development people and, you know, Guys like Tony Robbins or Grant Cardone or people that are pretty mainstream, but just I was uh, pretty oblivious to that whole, to what I didn't know, right? I didn't know what I didn't know. That was, yeah, what's been very encouraging and has really helped us grow in our marriage to grow together in that way. And uh, yeah, she's starting to podcast as well. And we have a pretty peaceful life down here in Florida and we try to get out with the kids at the beach a lot. And yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, thank you for asking, Scott. I appreciate it. Yeah, certainly. Well, let's leave the listeners with where they can connect with you online and uh, maybe a little bit more about what you're up to next. Yeah, certainly. If you go to scottmiker.com, that's where I keep as much information as I can as far as uh, the books, where you can get them, Amazon, and, and pretty much anywhere you could uh, pick it up at. But you know, if you go to scottmiker.com, I put a bunch of content on there too. I put a lot of free stuff because you know, for the most part, it's about getting the information out there more than anything. So if you're just wanting to check some things out, maybe you're feeling a little down one day, you need some motivation or something, check it out and uh, subscribe to the, the newsletter. Awesome. Well, thank you again for sharing today, your book. And again, I love that title, man. <laughs> it's been awesome talking to you, Scott. Really appreciate your time. Thanks. Take care. Appreciate it. Hey, you too. Thanks for listening to the Daily Authors Podcast. Be sure to visit dailyauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. 